Hello, fabulous friends, fans, and superstars. Welcome to Synchronicity Web TV. I am your host, Nadia Shaw, and this is your moment of synchronicity. Well, this is a big, wonderful, beautiful treat that we have here today. Superstar, YouTube superstar astrologer, Nico, son of Celine. Now, let me tell you, I came across Nico years ago. I remember it must have been about nine years ago now that I came across his channel. His channel was very small at the time, and he just had this light. I thought he was brilliant. I actually ordered a tarot reading from him. He told me that stuff wasn't going to work out with the dude I asked him about, and he was right. <laughs> and it was just such a wonderful reading. And I just knew that he was destined for great things within tarot, within astrology. And he continues to do me proud. Now, the great thing is, the great treat for me is that Nico is coming to Synchronicity University, the November 2021 speaker series at Synchronicity University. And if you sign up before the end of October 2021, you can actually choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class to hear big dog astrologers like Nico and others. I'm so excited that he's here today to talk about not just his class, but all kinds of wonderful things. Nico, son of Celine, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I can't believe that it has been that long because I was like, wait a second. Yeah, I, I think it might have been just around the beginning of 2013 because we just had our anniversary um, as far as being in business is concerned. So it's ancient days, ancient days. And that was that back then there was maybe only, what, 20 of us on YouTube? There were so few of us on YouTube <laughs> way back in the day. And so it's just been so great to watch you grow yeah. and you've carved out the space for yourself. So congratulations on your anniversary, you. first of all. And Thank so you. now you are Nico, son of Celine. Why yes. did you make that transition? The transition from Scarlet Moon to Son of Celine was actually me, I guess, physicalizing or digitalizing, you know, commemorating a, a major chapter change in my own personal journey, my own personal process. Of course, I'm attuned to the moon. I'm always going to be, you know, incorporating the moon in some way. And, you know, Celine is the primordial name of the goddess of the moon, right? That's, this is that predates, you know, Diana and Luna and all of that, you know, Celine, Cellini, however you want to pronounce it, that's the original. And for me, Scarlet Moon was uh, a very accurate uh, representation of uh, a part of my life that was sort of the the beginning, the trudging, uh, you know, because you've got the blood moon, the lunar eclipse, that's what really motivated that name, very hardcore. Um, and the more pale, not necessarily pale, but, you know, more of that clear, prismatic, you know, Celine, that, that new color scheme that I'm really kind of working in, right, uh, really does actually show more of who was behind that blood red scarlet moon uh, presentation. Not that I wasn't being myself. I'm still myself, you know, um, but the 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 i guess you could say the light behind the red coming out does that make sense absolutely and i think the great thing about what we do is that we're able to evolve we're able to uh evolve 
what we share with the world and it can remain an honest reflection of us. And so it just sounds like you are on your spiritual journey and you're being very straightforward about it. You're being very honest about it. And that's what I felt when I saw the change of name is that I felt this is awesome because it's you doing you and being yourself and sharing authentically. We don't have to be whom it is that we always were. And a part of sharing authentically means that all kinds of things are going to change. And that includes, of course, how you uh, present yourself to the world, including the names with which you identify. And I love that you made that correlation with Celine and Moon Goddess, that you're continuing to honor that as well. Of course. Yeah. Well, it's the, the mix. It's a very, the moon is a very interesting, um, it's an interesting spiritual archetype. It's, it definitely resonates with me the most for some reason. I've always just been very much into, into that, um, as an energy force, which is interesting because you don't really see that I have nothing. I have my midheaven in cancer and that is it in my astrology chart. Everything else is, you know, very much, uh, the only water I really have, uh, or Pluto and Saturn in Scorpio in the first That's a and lot. second. It's a lot, and it's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. there. It's but it's Scorpio, and so, but that um, that brightness there, it it does create a perfect balance. My chart actually does very much skew in a very um, earth and fire kind of way, and so I like having a bit of that that balance of, you know, okay, well, what's using that fire? And that's where the moon comes in, right? What's moving all of that? It's very powerful. And I, I think, well, the thing that I picked up from you very early on was that authenticity, that you're sharing something that resonates as part of your life path. Yeah. And so I love that you are embracing the evolution of your life path as well. It's been an interesting journey for me, kind of trying to balance what this has been for me versus not only where the collective is, but, you know, what it takes to do this. I mean, you and your your way of working your business, working your brand is so meticulous and so sophisticated. I mean, I would, I have no idea how I would do that. Like people ask how I'm doing. I'm like, this is a happy accident. Um, cause for me, no, it is. I it it is. feels I am, that way for me too, but okay. I am winging it the yeah. whole time. Um, and you know, it was, it was, it, for me, it's like, I'm just learning now, you know, as we go through, uh, 2021, I'm kind of learning now, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is how this is supposed to be, play out here. And, um, for me, it is kind of interesting cause I've been, you know, active, spiritually active since the late nineties, uh, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Cause I kind of mentioned that before, uh, we got on camera, the, I've been very much at this, right. When it comes to the psychic work, meditation, spirit communication, all of it, mediumship been very, very active always. And so for me, it's kind of like taking your art, your music, your painting, and then turning your craft into your way of, of earning a living. It's been that kind of journey for me. And it's been a very weird one because it's, it, it can be kind of tough because some of the things that are intuitive to you are ineffable until you practice speaking it. And sometimes the tools that you have to use to put yourself out there, whether it's social media, things like that, they're not second nature <laughs> to me whatsoever. I I'm still kind of like, I, I, I'm still learning some mistakes that I was making, even just this how to tag, you know, 
I don't know. I, I realized capital letters you don't want to use. Did you know that? I just You're found awesome. <laughs> You're so awesome. But in spite of that, yeah. you've been able to grow this massive following on YouTube, for example. And so the thing is, though, I love what you do. Like you bring together these different elements. Like you bring together the astrology and you're a really great astrologer. You bring together tarot with that as well. And you're so brilliant as a tarot reader. Then you also bring in this element of spirituality and empowering yourself through understanding spiritual energies. So there's almost like this fusion to what you do while being really good at all of them, sort of being able to do them all at the same time, which I think is very powerful, which is part of what's garnered you this huge audience. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. No, it's a lot of people ask me sometimes, like, what do you like better, astrology or tarot? And I'm like, it, you know, I kind of like wizardry. And you can't really say you have a favorite of the two because it's like, what's your favorite? Well, my favorite's magic and they're both magical to me. So I can't really answer your question. Um, I always tell people, especially when they get a reading with me, I'm, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to do both because there are some astrology questions and tarot questions. Do you want the weather or do you want the traffic? I like giving both. Here you go. And so I like to, I love the fusion. That's kind of how it works for me. Yeah. And it works so well for you. You're so eloquent at it. Um, what can you say about how the intention setting, the spirituality, how does that infuse into the actual practices that you do? Well, when it comes to setting intentions, you know, I'm, I'm working, of, we all work with our guides and our higher self, however, we're going to work with them. Even if we're looking at astrology, you know, I mean, you know how it is. It's, you know, you understand, okay, you and I both know exactly the textbook definition of what Mars in Sagittarius means, or, you know, presently what Mars in Libra is going to mean. But there is always going to be that intuitive hit, that guidance that is also going to be like, look, you have all your ingredients and symbols here, right? Okay. You've got Mars conjunct the sun on the day of this recording, you know, in Libra. And so we can either work with the textbook definitions, or we can let that jog our intuitive processes to get a deeper message. It's the same thing with the tarot, right? The tarot, it's, I, I look at say the Ace of Cups, you know, Ace of Cups is a very strong love card. But it's a very nuanced kind of message because that can mean a lot of different things. And so you cultivate your own communication, your own divine dialogue through your symbols. And that helps you get a more thorough and more specific read. Now, my guides work a lot like uh, a genie in a bottle, you know, and so you kind of get the answer to the question the way you ask it or you get the response to the intention, the way you put your intention out there. And so I'm always very clear, like if anyone ever got a reading with me, uh, I kind of force people <laughs> to, to fill out a little, uh, to fill out their questions. And I, I guide them through it because it's, you know, for me, it's, I want to give a very specific reading or as specific a reading as I can. And so for me, the intention setting is, you know, when I'm say I'm giving a reading for uh, the monthlies, you know, like monthly for October, I basically just put the intention in there. Show me exactly what needs to come up forward for the Aquarian people in the highest interest of all concerned with regards to the month of October 2021. Spare no vital truths and, you know, let the most coherent, understandable and necessary truths come forward in the highest interest of all concerned. And thank you. And so it is. Um, that's how I kind of do it. I hope I answered that correctly or I that love makes sense. that. No, absolutely makes sense. You said 
let all vital truths come forward. I love that intention. And as you were sharing, I was thinking about um, my first book is called Astrology Realized. And it's called that because it's rooted in an understanding by Jeffrey Cornelius, where he talks about the difference between a realized reading and a speculative reading. And so a speculative reading is what you described. You said, you know, everybody kind of knows, or if you're an astrologer, you know, well, the Mm -hmm. sun conjunct Mars and Libra, that could mean 15 different things, right? Depending on your experience. But when you want to touch on truth for the client, or you want to touch on truth for the purpose of serving, of using your practice to serve others, uh, that truth is going to be a realized reading when you're able to touch on that truth. And that's what I thought about when you were sharing that sense of vital truths can show up in a YouTube video, it can show up in a personal reading, it can show up in all kinds of ways. It's so crucial for us to, to be able to hone and perfect our own language. I, I believe that the limits of our language are the limits of our universe and the limits of our ability. The way I've went about learning astrology is um, very much tied into my own, you know, applied spiritual arts and, you know, when I was studying uh, magic in the esoteric world. And so I kind of got this hybrid of Western astrology, hermetic science, Eastern mysticism, and, uh, you know, Japanese correspondences and Shinto all at once. And so when I look at a planet like, say, Mercury, you know, Mercury, okay, Mercury is one of those planets where it's kind of like, okay, you rule an earth sign and you rule an air sign. And, but, you know, if you even add more nuance to it, Mercury is actually a water planet, you know, in the far East and the moon is masculine, but it doesn't confuse the message for me. What it does is it offers me and my guidance, the ability to perceive a million more ways that this could show up in a person's reality. And then yes, let the information, let the realized interpretation step forward, because I wouldn't want to have a reading try to fit into a box and be like, well, no, see, it's Mercury in Sagittarius. It has to be this. And it's like, wait, no, no, there is so much more going on here. And the more colors you give your guidance to paint with, the more rich the picture you're going to paint. And so your class that you're going to be teaching with Synchronicity University, let me just remind you all out there again, uh, this is going to be an incredible November 2021 speaker series featuring Mm -hmm. Nico and other big dog astrologers as well, uh, taking place over the course of November 2021. But until the end of October, you can choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class to learn from brilliant astrologers like Nico. And so you're going to be teaching on using astrology to tap into your sacred and spiritual gifts. Can you tell us about that? So this course is, yeah, it's all about learning how to find where your own metaphysical abilities naturally reside, what you were born with when you came, you know, in your chart. We all have the ability to learn any skill we want. And when I say applied metaphysical skills, I am talking about things like mediumship or energy healing, past life recall, um, you know, all of that. And what I do is I take you through your talents, your natural talents, primary talents and secondary talents. You're not beholden to them. You're not stuck with them. Of course not. But 
to help you develop your own spiritual path and practice in a much more empowered, uh, uh, with a much more empowered foundation than kind of maybe poking around or having to do too much window shopping. You're able to actually level up faster when you're working on your skills, when you're working on your natural talents. Uh, and again, it's not a dogma or anything. You can do whatever you want. But for me, for instance, I have no musical talent. I, I really cannot play an instrument and it would, it, you'd probably get kicked off YouTube if I sang. So I probably, you know, could take a few, you know, a few months, run down to the college and take a course and learn how to sing. But my real skills are in this and in drawing and illustration. And so helping myself develop through working with my natural skills and watching those branch off into new skills and abilities has really been the key for me. So in this course, what I do is help you identify, all right, look, hey, you're maybe you're feeling a little bit low. You're kind of like, look, I just can't really get this whole past life regression thing. It's not working for me, you know? And I've had clients in the past that they're, they're working on their spiritual path, but they just can't do it the way they think they're supposed to, right? Oh my God, my whole group is doing this, but I can't, or my friend's doing this, but I can't. And I'm like, I look at this chart and I go, honey, look, here's the thing. You have the, the, you're, you're, you've got something here that says, look, you're, you're a prophet, you know, or you're, you're more of an energy healer or look, maybe you're trying to do something that you're just not that skilled at right now. You can develop it later, but I think that you would find your natural skills, your natural true self, your own spiritual abilities would be enhanced if you focus on the talents that you naturally have. And so that's where I decided to make this course. We can also use this to find out if maybe we've inherited any of it. You can see where your skills come from, where your natural abilities come from. Um, you know, for instance, I am also a medium and I also have my moon, which is again, one of the big psychic planets uh, and also rules the mother in my 10th house. Moon rules my 10th house. And guess what? My biological mother's a medium. So you know what? Just a little taste. Guess what? I inherited that from mom. There's a whole lot you can do to investigate exactly what you came here intact with and really give your own spiritual journey and your own conscious evolution process a boost. If you just know what you can, you know, what you can pick up with the fastest. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, you know, as you were sharing, I was remembering, sometimes I tell the story about how uh, when I was growing up, I thought that I wanted to be Madonna. And mm. I remember now that I look back that I think she was really the only woman that really had a lot of influence when I was uh, young and growing up. And I think that's part of why I thought that I needed to be Madonna. And I remember the day that I realized it was literally my Saturn return mm. with Pluto conjunct my moon that I realized the world already has a Madonna. The universe doesn't need another Madonna, but maybe it could use a Nadia Shaw. And I had no idea who that was. And that began a very painful dark night of the soul, which on the other side led to me becoming a full-time astrologer. But here's the thing. As you were talking, I was recalling and realizing that I remember all those years that I tried to be a singer, right? Like I was taking singing classes and I was doing performances and downtown Toronto and all of that. And it just never felt right. 
Like I knew that I was getting better, certainly. And I knew that I had some wonderful opportunities to share um, on some stages that I was very proud of at the time. But something in me knew that this wasn't it, but I couldn't accept it. I just couldn't uh, understand that that's what I was feeling when it would feel off. The way that I felt singing doesn't even compare to the way that I feel when I do astrology. Like when I'm in front of a camera and I'm doing a YouTube video and I'm talking about psychology and spirituality and history, it's just a whole other level of truth and calm and the way that it resonates as who I really am. It's just a whole other ball game. And so it's so interesting because right now I just realized and clarified that as I heard you talking about how, yes, you can get good at just about anything, but it's another thing to tap into a gift that you have. It has a flow when it's a gift. It's a very powerful flow. And one of the things that I really enjoy when it comes to sharing this with clients is that you really see people get out of a slump. You know, and and we've the spirituality has become a lot more commonplace in our you know in our conversation you know online offline, uh, it's become a bit more mainstream. But with that, we've also kind of had to face the pressures. You know how things kind of get systemized, and maybe it's not necessarily everyone's job to run out and go and perform the same task. You know, find out your skills, find out your truth. Maybe we don't need, you know, 700 pendulum readers, you know, in a town of 30,000. Don't hate yourself if you can't get the pendulum to work for you, because guess what? You are an ace astrologer over here. You are an ace medium over here. You're a channel. You have got something that goes, you know, that takes you into a league of your own. Let's help you find that. And I think that as we step into the rest of the 2020s, you know, we are approaching this cycle that, or a, a cycle shift. Uh, and I know you pay attention to Jupiter cycles and Saturn cycles where spirituality is going to be going back to what a little bit of what we were talking about back in the, the late nineties, you know, where there was a lot more of this focus on the applied spiritual arts and it's going to, it's going to really come home to people. You know, we've had this really interesting amplified awareness of spirituality happened this last, you know, 10 years, and we're going into the age of the specialist. And so, you know, let's take the pressure off ourselves to be the do-it-all guy or the do-it-all girl and find our specialty. Let's really step into that, own our specialty and watch that propel our evolution and our growth process way faster than if we were just simply trying to do what we think we're supposed to do. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I love that. And so we are moving into a time of greater specialization. Uh, Can you talk about that a little bit more? Like, what do you see that reflects that uh, perhaps astrologically? And what does that look like? It's something that I've noticed is a very Saturn in Aquarius experience. You know, we've got Aquarius, which is, of course, the sign of the celebration of uniqueness. And whether that uniqueness is, of course, coming in the form of inventiveness, innovation, or maybe just deviation, we do have this push towards evolution through getting out of the bubble and getting out of the box. Saturn in Aquarius is always very interesting to me because 
I personally don't have a problem with Saturn. I look at Saturn as kind of like the, you know, the hard, the hard nosed professor that just wants the best for you. And Aquarius is Saturn's summer home. So we have this push now that is actually incentivizing the move towards specialization. When Saturn was in, say, Sagittarius and in Capricorn, so this will take us back to like 2015, there was this push towards kind of the collective general education. And when you're in general education, elementary school, primary school, junior high, there is sort of a, everyone, you know, we all have the same standardized education going on, whether it's in our spirituality, the economy, doesn't matter. Now we're going into the space where, okay, hope you are off to college. And before you take one step into university, you're going to have to pick a major. And the only way you're going to really pick the major that works for you is to know what works for you. And so it's a very Saturn and Aquarius push. And it's going to even be more so when Saturn goes into Pisces, my goodness. Jupiter in Pisces, Jupiter also in his second home, is revealing, of course, what is hidden in the depths of us, our natural native talents. And so getting away from the do-it-all boy, do-it-all girl, do-it-all person experience of I've got to be a jack or jackass of all trades if I'm going to make it, which is a very Saturn and Capricorn, very Saturn and Sagittarius imperative, right? Uh, you want to make sure that you are not necessarily standing out to, for the sake of standing out, but standing in your own so you are able to offer and be exactly who you are. And there is tremendous abundance that is going to be incentivizing that. And when I say abundance, I don't just mean like money. I mean, just the opportunity, just the growth, the, the social connections. People can see you celebrating your uniqueness, your, your family, your soul family. All of that will see you when you are you. Does that make sense? Yes. And also like personal happiness. Like there's more personal happiness, personal peace when you're able to just really be yourself. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I think that the Jupiter, the Jupiter in Pisces, that's, that's where, again, I'm, I was before the video, I was saying that's also that very 1999, 2000 kind of vibe. You had a lot of this, uh, and we're seeing a little bit of it now because, you know, Jupiter was in Aquarius for a hot second. I mean, sorry, when Jupiter was in Pisces for a hot second earlier this year, you know, a lot of DIY is coming back in people really wanting to get back to work on themselves, do for themselves, really develop those talents. And that was a very, you know, late 90s, early 2000s thing. And collectively, you know, spiritually, Jupiter tends to go a lot deeper. You know, if you remember a lot of the media that we had around the late 90s, early 2000s, it, there was a lot of spiritual media, but it really took us to places where we kind of saw more of a greater cosmology uh, that was going on. And even when it trickled down into pop culture, it was there, you know, and so it's, we're, we're coming back into that age, whether it's, you know, Stevie Nicks or Buffy, it doesn't matter. We're coming back into that. Everyone's ready for it. Let's have fun. And so what do you think of Pluto and Aquarius? I honestly am fascinated by Pluto in Aquarius because with Pluto there, which I am all about. I kind of see Pluto as this no going back. What we release that we do not repeat in Aquarius, right? It's that sort of permanent era shift. 
Um, in one of my live talks, or actually probably four or five of them, because sometimes I can repeat myself, I've, I've been saying that the 2020s, especially the mid-2020s, Pluto going to Aquarius, it's going to do to the collective sensibility what the internet did to the collective sensibility. There are these moments in innovation and in collective psychology, spirituality, technology, that alter not only the course of history, but again, it creates that no going back. And we think about, you know, the internet, for instance, you know, that was a huge one. And that was Pluto in Sagittarius that really got that picking up steam. And eventually what happened was the sensibilities of the eighties and before it's just, you really can't even live that out again collectively, the good, the bad, the ugly, it's just not there. And so I feel like we're in store for another big jump. But I feel like because it's Aquarius and it's a lot more of a spiritual sign and less so much uh, a tech and book knowledge sign, kind of like Sagittarius, not to say that it's not smart. Aquarius is brilliant. Aquarius is genius. But there tends to be more of a mix of that, look, we are shifting our sensibility, our ability to perceive, work, and innovate in a way that is not only more efficient, that is actually going to be serving the collective in a much healthier way, but we are also dropping off permanently. I'm seeing cures to all kinds of things. We're dropping off symptoms of old sensibilities that are kind of getting the, getting the boot right now, if that makes sense. Yeah, that sounds incredible. I think about how, with what you just mentioned, the internet, I feel like it is incredible that we as human beings, we as humanity manifested the internet because it's like, it, it's such a powerful reflection of what we believe about ourselves and our connection to each other. It's like the space that doesn't really exist. It's virtual, but it is real in its own way. And it allows us to be connected to everyone and everything in such a powerful way that might have always been there, but now we're so much more conscious of it. It's it's this, it's like we were able to give some kind of form, you know, to what many people would refer to as the astral, right? The astral realm. And so it's kind of like the internet's the astral realm, but it's, you know, you log on to it. It's that's how I kind of look at it. And I'm kind of weird that way. And I do see that element of going way deeper, way more woo woo. You know, people, when we talk about a conscious evolution process, I think that when Pluto goes into Aquarius, we have this huge release of the blinders of what that really means. Because um, I do see almost like uh, an evolution and a revival at the same time, where we are getting a chance to see life through the lens of those that came before, that were having more commonplace interactions with spirit as spirit truly operates, whether it's, you know, uh, spirituality, right? We talk about how all kinds of different tribes and different spiritual paths and practices and sciences used to operate. I do see that. Uh, but also at the same time, our contemporary sensibilities harmonizing with that and not necessarily being antithetical to it. It sounds so exciting. I mean, look, I'll be walking the journey right along with you. I know that we'll be talking about 
Pluto and Aquarius and all these wonderful shifts uh, coming up as we go along. And of course, more in the immediate future, you will be yeah. at Synchronicity University. So once again, everybody, remember Nick or Nico, son of Celine. Does anyone ever call you Nick? Not professionally. I know that. But does no, actually don't like being called Nick. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You didn't know. I'm teasing. I was like, should I even (laughs) saying it? No, you're good. It's fine. No, nobody, nobody calls me Nick. Um, I don't know if that's the same for Nikos across the board. Every other Nico I've met, um, which are very few, most of the Nikos I've met are cats, but the, uh, (laughs) but the the, the human Nikos that I've met kind of have like the same thing. It's like Nick, no, Nico's fine. Nicholas, you're pushing it. Um, Nico, it's just Nico or maybe Nicolas, you know, okay. if you are, uh, cause you know, my, my, my family, my father's side of the family is South American. So I, I will get Nicolas a lot. I kind of go, okay, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I can it. give a pass, but it's okay. I'm not offended, but yeah, it's just Nico. It's good. <laughs> Nico, son of Celine. So you are, uh, aligning with that archetype, with that sacred energy of Celine as well. So Nico, son of Celine, superstar YouTube astrologer, is going to be at Synchronicity University as part of the November 2021 speaker series. Remember, choose your tuition rate until the end of October to hear superstar, incredible big dog astrologers like Nico. Thank you, Nico. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being a part of my dream come true, my vision, which was really to bring these incredible astrologers to my school. Thank you for that. Thank you. This has been wonderful. No, when I saw the email come in a few days after, because that's what happens to me, I had a heart attack. I was like, oh my God, what am I thinking? I need to get over there now. So no, I appreciate that so much. You're very, very kind. I've always been in, in adoration of you and, you know, just to another, to a fellow George Michael fan, it's like, oh my God, oh, yay, you know. George Michael, man. Yes. You know, George Michael was the very first English language concert I went to. I must've been 11 years old and it was in Toronto and it was just, I mean, ever since then he's been in and a part of my heart, maybe before yeah. then as well. So yay, we're George Michael fans together. Yeah. Awesome. I love so, it. But thank you. I really do appreciate this. Now this is going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm really glad that you're going to be there because, you know, going to drop in, get a good chance to check it out because this is such a deep part of, you know, of my heart and my everyday, just letting people see what it is to feel yourself as a magical being, you know, a spiritual being having a human experience. Let's see what your talents are. Let's see what you've got, what you already have in you, what spark is already there. It just needs a little bit of fuel. It's going to be fun. I'm so looking forward to it. Nicholas, Nicholas, Nico. I love You're- you. Thank you. <laughs> I think I knew you in a previous life and you probably did. No, there's definitely, there's, there's definitely gotta be some kindred there. Cause yeah. it's, um, well, Hey, my Jupiter conjunct your son. It's in my that'll fourth. Do it. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. That'll do it. We've been mm-hmm. family. Yeah. We've been family. Yeah. So, and it's also, yeah, actually it's there. And it's also connected to my North node. There's a ton of things going on there. A ton. Oh, wow. So all of that is happening in Aquarius for you. Yeah. Well, my North node's in Taurus, but yeah, it's, it's all with, and it's all within, I think three orbs of each other. Oh, wow. Just jammed together. Oh yeah. 
I love it. We're going to explore our uh, celestial connections, our synastry at some point, I'm sure. I think that'd be great. That would be great. I'd love to have you take a look at my fixed grand square and just kind of, oh, I love <laughs> I'd love to have you look at my air grand trine. <laughs> a, I would love to. I could see that though, because you yeah. are very quick-witted. You are very, very well, I'd like to think so, but not always as much as I wish. It happens at times, but that's okay. But the Grand Cross, I mean, I, I mean, I think that's why you've been able to achieve the incredible things you have. I think every chart I've seen with a Grand Cross represents someone who's made their mark in their own way. That's for sure. Working on it, but yeah, just yeah. going to make it deeper and deeper. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a journey of a lifetime. It is. It yeah. is. Nico, thank you so much once again. Thank you, everybody out there for watching. So grateful for you. And until we connect again, take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much.